0: Here we are, in the podcast that might get listened to.
1: And uh, I have a dog here who's starting to possibly bark because the beep got him excited. <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool. So yeah, this be the, the raw version of Starjack 1 podcast, which uh, I hope I didn't just name it just now. Pe- because People at work
1: were asking me what the name was going to be. I'm like, uh, they thought it was hilarious that we're going to do a podcast without
0: a name. I think I think we probably just go simple like StarJack podcast because like there's there's a sub mm-hmm. su, there's sub um, shows that I want to do here mm-hmm. like I have another friend who does a science podcast um, and I was on it for a little while with Max and oh really we did a po- yeah we did a podcast about um, uh, how many oh why Pluto is not a planet oh that's <laughs> like, great. Yeah, yeah. It it's a sad it's a sad uh thing, but no, it's true. So I, I w- Pluto, you don't count.
1: Oh yeah, I know. It's a uh I work with a editor for Astronomy Magazine who has connections with uh Neil deGrasse Tyson. And uh my friend, he's you would love him, he's a big geek. He's he's the guy I told you who met um Walt Simonson who got and yeah. got him to draw his hammer and blah blah blah. Anyways, he had a falling out with Neil deGrasse Tyson because uh, he was upset with Tyson for being on the side of Pluto shouldn't be a planet, and wow. w- and the editor friend of mine, he is totally a Pluto fan and he's been always a proponent for making sh- getting it to be a planet until uh, until it was declassified and because De- Neil deGrasse Tyson was behind of it behind it, the editor friend, uh, I was like fuck you uh, and totally cut ties with him. <laughs>
0: Oh, dude. I, I I didn't know that was... So, like, from what we learned was that um, Pluto's, like, composition and size makes it so that, oh, if we ca- say that's a planet, that means our solar system goes from nine planets to, like, 26. Because oh. there's other planets that are bigger than it uh-huh. and more substantial. Uh-huh. And if we're going to say, oh, Pluto, then that means uh, Mark 4832 is also a planet. Hey, now we got ten planets. Oh, hey, we also got K918. 5, no, 9, whatever. So not only and do you have
1: to remember all the planets in our solar system, you have to tack on these 26 other planets with confusing long names. Yep.
0: So have fun. do we want to do this? <laughs> have do we want to do this? But al- although, like, your, your friend who's, like, uh, is he an astronomer? Yeah. Yes, I'm he cur- is. So I'd be curious as to, like, you know, he's more legit than I am. Like, I want to mm-hmm. know, like, so why does he care and why does he feel there wouldn't be a difference between the other uh what they are called dwarf planets.
1: Right, yeah, yeah. Uh you know, I never really I mean I've I have lunch with them quite often, I just never discussed that, but mm, i will bring that up next time we have lunch, which is probably this week. So
0: stay right. tuned. So we were talking about um this new computer that I'm recording on right now and you want to know like about it, right? Absolutely. I want to know all the parts, so the specs. I love uh, that stuff. The the philosophy behind it, though, uh-huh. is, um, h- have you seen, um, did I show you that one video about the Halcyon?
1: I don't think so. I don't
0: um, believe it. There's a fantastic video by a guy named H-Bomber guy, uh-huh. and it's about the Halcyon, um, I forget, I think, if, I, I can't remember if there's a R behind it or not, but we'll just call it the Halcyon right now. And it's basically the guy who created the video game Dragon's Lair, Ooh. um, and it's not Don Bluth. Mm. Oh, uh, f- is it
1: Dragon's Lair, or is it Dragon's Slayer?
0: Um, I can never tell the difference between the two in my head, so it always comes out <laughs> sounding the same. Yeah. When I oh, say I think that... What I'm saying so is... I, I don't wonder- mean the 80s movie. I mean the video game. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean that as well. I'm just saying, like, uh, Dragon's Lair is such <laughs> a great name because... Sorry, Steve will be quiet. I'm, I'm so sorry, Laura isn't here, so she's not able it's cool. to. Um But that's such a cool name because it could mean one of
0: two things or both, if you think about um, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I kind of noticed that pun mm-hmm. this week, maybe, mm-hmm. but it's a guy named Rick Dyer, who actually was the true visionary behind the game? Oh, really? Like he came up with like the crazy ideas, and he also imagined way further than that. Uh-huh. Like he had this other game where he wanted it so that um, he's like, Dragon Slayer is cool," and um, and uh, Space Ace is cool, but I want I want to do some real shit here. So he. Um, tried to create his own computer system that did everything he wanted it to do. Um, if you talked into it, it would do whatever you wanted, and it would be uh, basically, he wanted to do World of Warcraft with the computer I have now with controls that are better than Alexa. And he did make it, and it's beautiful. There's like 23 of them made. The uh, keyboard is like kind of like, it's flat, mm-hmm. um, but it's rainbow colored. Uh, it comes with a headset, and this guy swung for the fences. He was like, you know, no, fuck this. I want to make my dream. And I want to change the world. And what he made, and he did accomplish making, was a computer based off of, like, laser discs, computers of, like, 1980s technology. And it was a smartphone. Like, he had the idea of a smartphone, and MMO, but just not the technology to make it. And it was a story about, like, failure. Like, it's saying that all we know is Don Bluth made it. But it was really this guy who had to try so goddamn hard and swing for the fences that really made it. And then he swung so hard that he failed. Like, it all came crashing down around him. But we should be championing people like him. Because of him, he pushed the industry a little further. Uh, He made Don Bluth even more famous. Mm -hmm. And like he had the idea of what we have now. So the idea of making my own Halcyon is where... The RBG colors on my keyboard and case come from. Yeah. Because I want to make my own Halcyon. That's a, that's interesting you say that
1: because you got in at a very good time because RGB is like all the rage now with building uh, in build with building computers. Um, yeah. There's just like just today right before you and I were talking, I installed RGB lighting. Um, basically, these uh, strips that kind of go around the inside frame of your computer, and you hook mm-hmm. it up to the motherboard, so then you can uh, download a program and you can program the lighting and show like a certain pattern or, uh, uh how much does this cost?
0: Uh, can I ask? Yeah. It's like, uh, I keep on bouncing back and forth. Cause like I want more myself and I envy my friend Jason's room, but like I keep on seeing prices that go, yeah, you can get this shit for like $23 or, no, oh, no, I'm sorry, Keith, that's going to cost you one hundred forty dollars Like, did you find the ch- I, Are there good cheap ones?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the, the model I bought, um, is, uh, oh let's see it's called the hue 2 uh i'm sorry hue plus uh let me look it up here it's a hue plus advanced pc lighting control it's from a company called nzxt and you can uh, check it out at nzxt.com uh not a sponsor of the show
0: (laughs) (laughs) the show that does not exist yet yes it doesn't (laughs) help. but 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 once it does and if you are listening and you want to sponsor us please send us free shit
1: yes we'll talk about it um so what it is basically is for uh, around eighty bucks. So it's not bad. I got mine off of eBay used for uh, forty, and yeah. it comes with four four of these like real thin uh, strips that you uh, you can attach to one another to create one long strip. Basically, what you do is you put it on um, on the bottom of your case near the. Near the like the the door that has the window, obviously, where you access all the guts, and um, on the top and on the right side and on the left side, I guess against the back, um, and they can attach with magnets. They're very they're small, weak magnets on it, um, as well as 3M kind of stripping, sticky stripping on the back that you can peel off and and stick it to your case. I didn't have to do that. The magnets were just fine. Uh, you plug it in your motherboard. You plug it into your power unit, your, mm-hmm. uh, via um, like a Molex peripheral cable, which should come with your your power supply. And then uh, you download uh, for free uh, some software that allows you to control the lighting to get it to be like if you want a solid color or do you want it to move jump around whatever you could do all that there are some additional settings on there um you can have it set to change with music so if you're playing music it actually kind of goes along with the sound uh if uh depending on how how hot your cpu is Mm-hmm. Um, the lighting, uh, because it's plugged into the motherboard, it can sense all of this. It actually red alert. Red <laughs> alert. <laughs> it changes with the uh, with the temperature of the CPU.
0: I would love that to coincide with that um, alert from the first Star Trek movie, oh. and it goes, <laughs> 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 "Oh my god, I hate that sound so much! Oh my, my nails god, on so, Star- it's so harsh." it's so harsh there's so much Um, wrong with that first movie i mean there's a lot of cool things to it um i i stand fully on the side of championing how gorgeous and brilliant that first movie is gorgeous yes uh brilliant
1: and brilliant brilliant for me in terms of visuals
0: (laughs) brilliant for me in terms of an older style of being able to enjoy movies now Mm -hmm. Mm because i have noticed that unfortunately that uh I've watched enough videos of philosophy and technology about how, unfortunately, social media is straight up built to destroy your attention span. Mm. So it's made, and like I've had some friends messaging about the trouble they're having, like finishing TV shows or or wanting to finish a TV show because we've been conditioned. Like all of our internet has been uh, um, designed to make us want that instant reward next. Mm -hmm. So, when it comes to watching the first Star Trek, uh, it does require a different mode of, like, enjoyment of, like, boring sci-fi. Yeah. Which, yeah, and, like, there's, I do love me some quote-unquote boring sci-fi where, like, you get to just sit calm in in the world. And, and not have something explode in your face in, like, five seconds. Like, you get, there's, like, uh they're, they're walking through, like, this, uh, I think, this uh, the San Diego Starfleet base, and there's not a lot going on. There's, like, mute tones of colors and stuff, and it's so i like, yeah, you know what, so, I'm sorry, but this is just Wednesday, and, and not something's happening today. I'm sorry you're in the future going to a spaceship. And you're like, no, 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 it's cool. At least I'm here. And then, like, it takes forever for the ship to lovingly flow up by the new refit Star Trek, um... I almost called the enterprise, the star Trek, <laughs> <laughs> the, the new star Trek. Oh man. It was the, the new refit star Trek. Um, yeah. in, in, in it, I, I like, I love the time it takes and how weird everything is and how long everything takes. I actually enjoy mm-hmm. it. It's just like, it's like a, it's actually science fiction bathwater. Mm, I like that. I like that.
1: I mean, I do like the story quite a bit. Um, how, uh, I don't know if I should talk about the ending, but I really love the ending of that. I thought that was yep, so yep, worry, cool. No one,
0: no one cares anymore. No one
1: cares anymore. Okay, yeah, we're with Vee No nature, one ever cared. <laughs> where it turns out, uh, the creator is the human race, and it's from this antiquated piece of technology that basically got Borgified and uh, and became sentient, and it mm-hmm. wanted to know the creator. And unfortunately, <laughs> as it's going through the universe, it's destroying things and it's search for the creator much like much like the but now that i come to think about it, much like star trek 4 with that tubular uh spaceship yeah. that's looking that's looking for whales and uh it's trying to find the whales and it's destroying things as it's going along looking. And, and,
0: and, and then the whales kind of say dude and it says my bad it flies away <laughs> <laughs> didn't did that just happen like they, they got us some whales and they, they basically said Burr, and and then like it's his back Burr, all right my bad and just leaves like yep, yep. We don't find out where it came from nope or what it wanted nope it just all wanted cool. to
1: say hi S- <laughs> what's up guys
0: <laughs> it was just like just, walking through just, our ant farm just checking and in. didn't know that we were there and then we got some whale speakers that said dude yep. it's a fucking ant farm <laughs> <laughs> we're we're dead now. We're dead in the future. <laughs> you're killing us, dude. Like say hello to the
1: future. <laughs> Where's that from again? Uh, Batman, I think, or either we. Oh, wow, th- you're right. Was it say hello to the future?
0: Say hello to the future, or did
1: or did we make? I don't know. There, yeah, I, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It could right. be a made
0: up quote that we don't actually know. I,
1: I remember you and I in a bar. Like I said that because I think I may have watched Batman around that time, and I took <laughs> and I. Was drunk and I screwed it up when I said it to you. And I, I don't think "say hello to future" is the correct line. I could be wrong.
0: So. Speaking of drunk and screwing things up, we want to talk about Star Wars. Boom! Mm-hmm. Oops, stick, 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 mm-hmm. stick. Oh, oh, um, the reason I wanted to talk about Star Wars is because that's part of what this podcast is supposed to be about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and the, oh, oh, and. Uh, what was I was going to say, oh, how I would fix it. Because, yes, there's a way to fix all of everyth- You can keep everything and, and fix everything. Mm. How would you fix and, it? In one sentence. Uh, um, everything is canon. <laughs> Devo agrees with that. Devo's <laughs> like, that's right. Thank you, Keith. Just save us all. Did you hear like, him? Yeah, I did. I didn't know if the mic picked <laughs> him up. Uh, no, it came through. It came through. All right, well, right, and, yes. and, uh,. So, yeah, basically the problem is, um, like, with the DC Universe, I'm sorry, but I I was not bothered by Batman vs Superman. Mm-hmm. I would like to watch that again and review it, because after we walked out of the theater, even with Justice League, we walked out going, hey, that was awesome. I liked it. And a lot of the complaints I'm hearing are stuff that people hold Superman to, but they don't hold Luke Skywalker to. Hmm. So like, uh, they're like, Superman wouldn't do that. He doesn't kill people. Batman doesn't kill people. and They're all acting out of character. But for DC Universe, it doesn't matter. Because you have all these different kinds of universes, and they all treat them like they're on their own personal canon. So you have all kinds of different Batmans. You have all kinds of different Supermans. So it's okay to fuck up, even. But with Luke Skywalker, we've always kind of pretended there was just the one, and when you bring him back in the movies, we kind of all felt like, ah, shit. So this is the official. This is where we're going to see, like how things turned out. But instead, um, not everyone is a writing genius like Fran Walsh from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. like Fran Walsh is amazing. She can create worlds that make sense, <laughs> that mm-hmm. where like things interact with each other and. And the world matters behind the scenes of the characters are happening. And the issue I ran into with the new Star Wars is that I thought that if you're a professional writer, that means you're on the level of any professional writer. But I didn't account for the human element of different people are, different, uh, different people are great at different things. So J.J. Abrams um, and Ryan Johnson, uh, have I told you my cold reading theory?
1: You've mentioned it to me uh, in passing, but I I don't think
0: we went into detail. Um, here's the quick problem: it's col- um, they're doing movie cold reading, like what John Edwards did. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, you, do you remember John Edwards? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the guy who. Yes. would...
1: Uh, you might want to give some context for our listeners. Uh,
0: gotcha. If I believe so John Ed. Oh, hmm? I'm sorry. Let's go ahead. John Edwards is um, a psychic, quote unquote. He's he's a fake liar who. Manipulate um, people's emotions on television, even at least he did in the '90s. So what you do in cold reading is you say, "Hi, I'm a psychic, and I'm in a room full of 300 people. Um, I'm thinking of... Oh my God, I can hear a person's name. It starts with the M. Is it Maria? Is it? And someone in the crowd will fill in the blank for you and say, "It's Megan. Oh my God, yes, Megan. Megan's um, she's very angry right now. And then the person will say." But she was always a happy person. Are you sure about that? And the person will go, Oh, she just stubbed her toe once. Oh my god. How'd you know that? There so are,
1: there are some great videos on YouTube debunking these cold reading psychics and uh-huh. uh like there's like a collection of clips and it is it's it's
0: awesome. It's it's so fun to watch. I, didn't, I don't consider myself a mad genius or, like, Sherlock Holmes or anything. But, like, when I saw it right away, I was like, wait, you just said the answer for him. Why Why is everybody getting... And, like, the whole crowd, no one's reacting. I, I don't understand that part. Mm-hmm. Where no one in the audience seems to notice that, hey, you just gave him the answer. He didn't do anything. Right. So, then we have new Star Wars. Um, I don't think Rogue One does this. But so far, it's... The main ones, uh, Force Awakens and Last Jedi, where uh, I even saw a video um, uh, uh, by that person who made a motion picture using clips of sh- uh, Shadows of the Empire, where George Lucas says, there's more to Star Wars than spaceships. And uh, he has also a philosophy of, you know, you have to create a movie where you can tell there's a story happening beyond the frame. Like, you, when you get to Star Wars, you feel like you're in a world i never actually figure out all the elements that do that, to make that feeling right. But, um, with the new movies, they'll give you just enough big, iconic visual cues, and then tell you to fill in the rest. So they'll show you a Star Destroyer, all of a sudden, and you'll be like, oh my god, the Empire is back. And you're like, us fans though, who, uh, there are certain fans like us, we see it differently. Um, and a friend of mine I'm, a, I'm jumping all over the place but um, my friend Kim she explained to me that Keith people watch movies differently than you do Like, not everyone's paying attention to the script not everyone's paying attention to exactly what's happening on the screen even like, they watch a movie and they come out with a feeling which is why I've run to like countless arguments on Facebook with people saying well it makes me feel and I'm just like why are you saying that because that's not what happened in the movie And she's like, yeah, but that's because they're watching movies differently. It's kind of like how I listen to music. Like, I'm a music noob uh, eternally. I don't know about structure of music. When I'm taught it, I'm like, holy shit, what? That was there the entire time? Um, But I get a feeling often. That's all I need. And there's not a right or wrong way to uh, listen to music or watch a movie. But it causes a car crash of arguments because people will say that uh, Leia... Is a damsel in distress, right? In the first movie, What mm-hmm. what is Leia's part of the team, though? To you, she's almost a
1: she's almost a MacGuffin in a way. Oh my god! You know, and oh. and it turns out that the MacGuffin is um, turns out that this MacGuffin once freed is is a very strong uh, leader. And
0: uh, there you go, there yeah. you go. I was hoping you'd say, sorry. I didn't want to fill in the word for you. But that's the thing that most everyone else leaves out. Leader. Mm-hmm. She fills in the role. She takes over the team. She's mm-hmm. the leader of the team.
1: Yeah, you even see yeah. that like in the uh, Death Star Detention Escape where <laughs> she grabs the blaster rifle from Han and uh, shoot fires uh, from Luke. Yeah, sorry. Fires up a couple of shots and then shoots. She's the a better r- shot
0: than Luke too. Th- that's true. Like um, um, during that bridge scene, like Luke is trying his best. God bless his heart. Like he thinks he's in control, and he's trying to lead her and stuff. And then like the, the the stormtroopers come, and and like she's just trying to make sure that we they get out alive. He's shooting the best he can, and then when he has to hand it over to her, like the the show the the, the scene plays out, she's nailing stormtroopers more than he is. Yeah, he because has a, She has actual experience. Yeah, and he's a farm boy. Yep. And it's right there in the movie, like, she's not a damsel, she's actually the leader of the team, and far more seasoned than Luke. And she holds the line while he gets the grapple, and they work together, and then as a baby, Keith says to his mom, Mom, do you remember that part in Star Wars, where he turns to Princess Hylia, and says, watch this, and they swing across the chasm? And then my mom goes, you're paying attention? Even though she doesn't know I got the scene wrong, she's like, you're paying attention? Because I just remember you taking off your shoe in the theater. I thought you weren't watching the movie. And that's my first first Star Wars memory. Mm -hmm. Anyway. But so, back to the cold reading. Um, They'll show you a uh, Star Destroyer. And then people who watch movies with just feelings are saying, Holy shit, we have Star Wars back. But people who, like us, who have been kind of living Star Wars, where it's a place with moving parts... And history and people and it's kind of almost in your head you could go there anytime and things are still moving right um all these books have filled in like these like um details and whatnot so like we understand star wars as a a real place whereas jj abrams says here let me put some visual cues on the screen and then you fill in the blanks and then people think it's genius So if you see, like, a in Last Jedi, an emotional big punch on the screen and you feel it and you love Luke Skywalker, that feeling you're going to walk away with is, man, I love him even more now because I care about him more. Whereas someone like us, who've been living with Luke Skywalker and all of his details and, you know, we know when he brushes his teeth, we're screaming, why the fuck is he creeping into someone's bedroom at night? How is this happening? And people go, people on the other hand, though who watch it differently they're more than okay to fill in the blank they're like well if luke skywalkers is doing this there has to be a great reason even though it's not written down like we're used to seeing in our favorite movies and books and comic books that makes sense uh yeah i think so um so basically you're saying it's like the, the issue
1: is that the way he was written in The Last Jedi has, caused a lo- has alienated a lot of Luke Skywalker fans and diehard Star Wars fans. Is that basically
0: sort of? It's it's um so uh, Ryan Johnson's showing you an image that can be taken two different wa- uh, different ways, um very strongly, on purpose, and it depends on your background so god damn him uh i think was it was it adam driver who said it or no it was just a meme no although adam driver did did actually uh catch on to what the problem is with new star wars um uh i have a i have a, a love hate history of with adam driver uh do you ever watch that show girls no i i, I what was it on hbo or yeah
1: yeah I, I didn't have hbo at the time
0: started out fantastic like um, Real and creative, funny characters. Adam Driver was uh, a very hideous and shitty boyfriend. And um, the way he talks and his look, I, I just wasn't fond of him on the screen. So the way he talks and looks, I thought that he was an extra. So I was like, oh, well, at least I won't have to deal with him for too long. And then he became one of the stars of the show. I'm like, what? Oh, my God. Well, I guess, I guess at least he's confined to here in the show that... I can hate him on. Oh my god, he's in Star Wars. Oh my god, he's in Star Wars, and um, he is one of these actors that I've seen that I think are incredible people. Oh shoot, he's not a bad actor though. Damn it. Um, there are incredible actors I've seen that are great, uh, um, terrible actors, but you can tell that they are just beloved, great people. Like uh, who's the girl, little girl in ET who grew up? Drew Barrymore. Oh, Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Yeah, I see her acting in every movie. I can tell it's 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 fake and not good, but I can tell the people in the scene with her, and like when you see in interviews and anything about her, that people are just like, no, 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 we like her. She's awesome. We want her to be around. And Adam Driver is that guy because like his interviews, he's an amazing person, and he even broke down like in a meme, and he also said. That what's going on with these movies is that like there's usually a level of detail that we get in like the stuff we love. It started with Star Wars, and we wanted more. And then we searched it out, and we found it in our books, our comic books, and Star Trek. Then like the '90s kicked in with '90s TV series where they had their own sci-fi that would build upon itself and and grow, and it had all these working parts. So we're used to that in Star Wars. Like everything should make sense and, and connect. But new Star Wars. Is Disney saying oh wait the prequels sucked, everyone hated the prequels we need to never do that ever again and they don't understand the story or world of Star Wars they say you know what imagery is profitable though turn everything back to uh, the status quo of Rebels versus Empire, mm-hmm. give us back our Darth Vader bam, everything, everybody will be happy again and in doing that, they have to slaughter everything that was earned and built in the world. And it's visual cues, though. Like They give you the visual cue of a Death Star or a Darth Vader or Luke Saber, and you fill in the rest, and a lot of people are, and that's how they want their Star Wars. Versus people like us, not so much.
1: Uh, sorry, I, uh, <laughs> I think i uh- someone is here hold on okay sorry Action. i know the, the, yeah yeah let's pause it uh, i'm not sure cool. how to i'll just hit the pause the, the, button uh, yeah pausing okay. now prepare yourself for star wars shadows of the empire the evil empire has struck back with a vengeance and a new villain the crime lord Shizor schemes to replace darth vader as the emperor's second in command with Han Solo held frozen in carbonite by Bounty Hunter Boba Fett. It's the Rebellion's darkest hour. Now, join Jedi warrior Luke Skywalker, hard-charging Chewbacca, and go undercover with heroic
0: pilot Dash Rendar and his booming Outrider. But can Han Solo be Reed and Sheezor be soft?
1: Star Wars, Shadows of the Empire. Look for the authentic figures and vehicles from Kenner.
0: And we're back from our break. Uh, Chuck had to answer the door. Sorry about that. All's good. Okay, so... Um, I even got lost on my ranting about how do you save Star Wars <laughs> but um, the, the, the 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 end result is this, if people want to keep The Last Jedi then yeah well we can't undo it unfortunately um, but it was legit and genuinely loved by people so we shouldn't take it away but what Disney does need to do is say hey just so you know this is one of the possibilities this is one of the realities like how DC has their movies their comic books, their cartoons, their TV shows They all have these different takes, and people can take the ones they want, and they all matter. And if Star Wars wants to succeed, let's just say this is one of the takes. Because for me, like the books and the video games, that's what real Star Wars for me is. And that's where I get my enjoyment.
1: It'll be interesting after um, Episode Nine comes out, which, as of this recording, we got like two or three weeks until we get our first trailer and poster, and see what the name is but it'll be it'll be interesting to revisit this conversation after episode nine comes out and Mm -hmm. then you have completed the trilogy and you know will it redeem the last jedi in some people's eyes or make it even worse
0: uh i'm not sure no i it's over like for for fans like us it's 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 definitely over like the the problem that new star wars has run into is that um and, and i see this over and over on youtube is we care more than they do so each time you see a video about, like, okay, so this happened. To save it, this is what they would need to do next. And they did that a lot for The Force Awakens. But then the end result is people who aren't Fran Walsh. They don't know how to do world building. They are working for a giant company and they need to do the broadest thing possible to turn Star Wars back into a status quo they can make money off of forever. Because, like, they have all these, like, um merchandises for rebel costumes and imperial stormtrooper costumes they don't want freaking spacer costumes or they don't want to think of all the wild other variation star wars can get they're trying to crunch it down into a basic thing again of a luke skywalker person versus empire well
1: it'll be interesting to see then um to address what you just said because the ryan johnson trilogy i guess is going to be taking place Far away from the stuff that we already know, another part of the galaxy, a whole other star line, and then um, the the f- showrunners for um, Game of Thrones—they're making their own. I don't know if it's a series or movies, but the, ru- the rumors—the uh, rumor is that it's going to be The Old Republic.
0: Yeah, so that's them covering their bets. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not sure Ryan Johnson is going to get another movie ever again. Um, the, Maybe- like. You mean
1: like, a movie? Just a, any movie, or for Star talk? Wars? For Star Wars? For Star Wars.
0: Um, he, yeah, he's set for life when he comes. When he wants to make almost anything else, that's not a big franchise. But like, I have loved him since Brick. Do you see Brick? Ah, uh, no. Okay, we'll need to watch that. But um, I've loved him since Brick. He's amazing, but he's not Tolkien. He's not George Lucas. He's not Fran Walsh. He knows how to hit you hard. And so instead of like making a Star Wars, it made sense where. Planets and spaceships and characters, you know, kind of evolved from what we once knew. What he can do is push some very strong imagery, and that imagery has destroyed the fandom on the Facebook page. It's just like people going, Why the fuck did you do that every day? Still. And they lost half, like, um, I think they made half a billion dollars less. Um, Their merchandise is bottomed out. So I can't see them saying, "Yeah, Ryan Johnson, could you do that to us again?" So instead, they need to—they're—they're they're, they're placing their bet on episode nine, like they're to like the entire internet. Like, there's—I I don't see any love for Star Wars anymore, even from the people who loved Last Jedi. All they do is say, "I love Last Jedi" to watch people freak out. I haven't seen discussion about like what Star Wars is. All that discussion's gone to Marvel. So the, they're, they're placing their bets on like Weiss and Benioff, the uh, Game of Thrones guys, and Ryan Johnson. Both of them are on the table, and they say they're looking at episode nine. If episode nine tanks, like everyone, like a lot of fans want it to, then they're like, we don't want to lose more money. Ryan Johnson will be gone because they're not speaking about him at all lately. But they do keep on mentioning the Game of Thrones guys, and who knows what they choose? Because like I said if it's just something that the fans would really love and that's, that involves, like, expansive creativity, it's not the direction they keep going in. They keep on filling the blanks of in between the movies. So we want, um, The Old Republic, but... Uh. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm... Well, speaking of, uh, speaking of upcoming movies uh maybe we should revisit this conversation uh when the episode 9 trailer comes out and we
0: can discuss that That sounds just prime to me and then we can start actually doing reviews for the movies we put them head-to-head with each other and i think that would be a lot of fun that that would be cool that would be cool so so um, do you want to close this up yeah let's do it all right chuck what have you been geeking on lately uh,
1: boy, I've been geeking out on my computer. I've been upgrading the graphics card, the processor. I installed mm. some RGB lighting. And uh, to put it through its paces, I've been loading up multiple games and just uh, like the real hard-hitting uh, in a processor-intensive games. So and, it uh Boy, I... I've never got into the Assassin's Creed series. I get it. I understand it. Uh, what I've learned from it was just from game reviews and pop culture. Um, the closest Assassin's Creed game I've... The most of a, The most of an Assassin's Creed game I played was uh, Lord of the Rings Shadow of Mordor, which was totally <laughs> it was a beautiful mix of Lord of the Rings with Assassin's Creed and Batman, uh, the Batman Arkham cool. series. Yeah, it's just a fucking great game. So... Um, I saw that the latest Assassin's Creed game, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, uh, has a benchmark tool with it. And I've heard that Assassin's Creed um, is a, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is a pretty intensive processor, intensive game. So I'm like, oh, it's on sale. Ubisoft is having a sale. Uh, Again, not a sponsor. (laughs) Having a, (laughs) having a sale on their game. So I picked it up for 30 bucks and I'm like, all right, crack knuckles, Let's do this. I bought a new graphics card, a GTX—not a GTX, sorry, an RTX 2080, uh, which is probably like the second best uh, NVIDIA card you can get behind the 2080 Ti. Um, but uh, I'm absolutely loving that game. I don't know anything about the about the lore of Assassin's Creed except oh, it takes place in the future. and These people go into uh, go into this machine that. Puts you in the body of some assassins somewhere in time, and I'm like, okay. Thankfully, the game. Yeah, I,
0: I think you passed and missed out on the part where it's also maybe the resurgence of a past civilization or something. Uh, I, I have no idea. Yeah,
1: there's, there's some cult or something. Some organization is referenced in this in the beginning. Thankfully, it's really short and sweet. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Let's just go back in time, and they finally get to it, and it takes place in. Um, Takes place uh, like in the Gre- like in in Greece during, um, oh boy, I'm bad with history. It, during like the time of like Leonidas and the 300, and there's like a war between Athens and Sparta, and uh, so you play as a as a Spartan warrior. Cool. And, um, yeah, and. I absolutely love it. I got it as a benchmarking tool and I'm sticking with it because it's just so much fun to play. A lot of cool role playing. It feels like there's role playing mechanics in there that you don't get much in a AAA title anymore. So, I'm yeah. I'm
0: really enjoying um, that. Well, uh, RPG? You, so, cuz like um the Assassin's Creed I played was more like Zelda where I had my dude and I can like add some like stuff onto him, but What RP. Oh, is there like. Like. um, uh, Dialogue trees that change the plot? Uh, there are definitely dialogue
1: (laughs) trees. I don't know if it changes the plot. I mean, I guess that's the point of a tree. So, I don't know. There are dialogue choices you can make as you're talking to someone. And, um, I don't know if that was a. I don't know if that was something that was always part of the series, but you can make dialogue choices. Um, there's obviously a skill tree. There's a lot of loot. A lot of. I, I. I don't know if it's... I'm assuming it's randomly generated because you can pay real-world money to get, like, loot uh, from the Ubisoft store, so different costumes and special weapons and stuff, which I am having fun with the system as it is, the loot system, so I never felt compelled to buy anything from the store, thankfully. Um, <laughs> so there's that. Uh, it basically plays like an action-adventure game, just like, I mean, it, it's an Assassin's Creed game. That There's nothing the way it plays. it's nothing different about that. Um, but I love the world. I love the characters. I love when it takes place. Uh, I actually give a shit about the main character. I really give a shit ooh. about my main character. And there's some, like, plot twists near the beginning before the world expands, cool. and I'm like, I give a shit about her. And uh, the, the world around her is colorful, both, like, literally and figuratively with the characters, different personalities, and like for, Do you play
0: with a controller or is she uh, keyboard and mouse? Uh,
1: definitely with a <coughs> controller. I have my Xbox yeah. One controller and pl- and the uh, the only thing I had to tweak was I think the it starts out with like your attacks being um, I want to say maybe the trigger buttons. So I wanted to change that to like the typical X and Y. Well, I shouldn't say typical, but like the other only other option is to make like your light attack X. And your heavy attack Y. So, but otherwise, it, it works great, feels great on the controller.
0: So yeah, that's cool. what I've been playing with. Uh, oh, oh and, so, uh, can you, can you compare yeah. the game to another game that you love and say like it's filling in that
1: uh, space? I would have to say again, probably going back to that Lord of the Rings, that Shadow of Mordor game. I mean, okay. which. Shadow of Mordor ripped off Assassin's Creed, but it was like a lot of people said it's the best Assassin's Creed game ever at this time. Yeah, uh, that sure. uh, uh, the Lord of the Rings game I'm, I'm referring to, and it's, which is funny because it's not an Assassin's Creed game, but uh, it's a lot cool. like that. I mean, it plays like that. You're running around sneaking around, stabbing fools, and assassinating fools, and and um, yeah, it's a lot like that. And also, it's I mean, uh, there. I, I get a little sense of Batman, you know, Batman Arkham games in there when it comes to the combat. Um, not as, it's not as, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not as combo-focused uh, as the Batman games, the Arkham games fighting system is, but I kind of get a little sense of that, uh, of that, that feeling.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. So. have some geeking on. Uh, yeah, a lot of... Uh, Oh a lot of uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2 on the PC. Um, by the way uh, if people are listening to this, uh, just throw out everything that you thought you know about Battlefront 2. I know there was a you know as you know there's a lot of controversy when it dropped with loot boxes and all of that has gone the progressive system has been um, rearranged, updated. it's a it's a fun game that doesn't rely on loot boxes and there's so much content to it. Um, they just dropped a huge update. Um, uh, regarding the Clone Wars where there is a mode, um, basically it's a capture the flag sort of mode where there are uh, different points on the battlefield. There are five different points on the battlefield. The object is to take control of uh, of most of them, like a majority of the five. You don't have to take take control of all five but you want the best of five. And, mm-hmm. and then once that's accomplished, you go up to uh, a capital ship of the opposing team. If you control the battlefield, you go up to the capital ship of the opposing team. Um, this mode is called Capital Supremacy, by the way. Because then you infiltrate the, the capital ship to plant explosives to destroy the capital ship. Um, and you... you if, if you're not successful, you get sent back down to the battlefield again and it, to wash, rinse, repeat. Try to take the best of five uh, control points, go back up to this capital ship, and attempt to plant explosives.
0: I'm told that the 360 Battlefront is, quote-unquote, the good one.
1: Uh, you're probably thinking of Battlefront 2 that came out in 2005? 2006? Uh, I think it was 2005. Yeah. yeah, it was fall of 2005 when Episode 3 came out on DVD. Um, yeah, a lot of people Do you say... you know what
0: all the difference or why someone would say one is better than the other? Like, what
1: uh, there difference are, is there there are, i want to say there are more modes uh although it's there are more modes there are more characters to unlock and play as like for example you could play as the Droidicas, the um you know the little roly-poly droids from the prequels oh, wow. uh you don't huh. get that with the new one and players are pushing for it um so, so you get to uh, yes yeah, so more modes more characters um at the time, there were obviously no loot boxes. Uh, you don't have to worry about that now. With the new Battle Battlefront two, but uh, um, it's a gorgeous looking game. It runs well. I mean, it's well optimized for your PC, um, but also plays great on PS4 and, and Xbox One. Xbox One is the version to get between the two. But yeah, I highly recommend it if you're ever curious on uh, how it plays. Um, and you find it on sale quite a bit now. Like I saw it for like seven bucks the other day on Xbox.
0: The in- in April, the 361 will be free.
1: Yes, yeah, uh, and what's nice about that is it wasn't a 360 original. It came out on the original Xbox. Uh, yeah. And but what's nice about it is it's op- I don't know, optimized, remastered. No, that's those are the wrong words. It it makes use of the Xbox One X's uh, c- pro- capabilities to like render it at 4K, and it looks it for being a Oh my gosh! Fifteen year old game, almost. It looks it looks great on an Xbox One X.
0: Cool. Yeah. I just wanted to get something that's like free. Yeah. No, dude. Yeah. Uh, and, and also, get, here get it's in. like really good too.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. It's great. It's great. Uh, there's a single player campaign, um, but obviously multiplayer is where it's at. And uh, yeah, right. if you get it, we should we should jam out. Yeah.
0: To it, and maybe uh, the viewers can watch us on Twitch if I ever forget out how to completely use that thing uh yeah i well on xbox it's easy um uh-huh. the computer i have not figured out how to do twitch because like xbox just says hey turn on twitch and use it and on my computer it says turn on twitch now you need a broadcasting client I'm like what yeah go find one I'm like what's a broadcasting client They're like, i don't care we're out i'm like oh my god yeah um, i don't know what to do uh I, yeah, I, have you twitched before, I, I've or? never
1: twitched I've, I've okay. watched I've watched twitch streams before but yeah never got into it I've um, so I, I never gotten to video streaming I don't have a I have a video I have a camera somewhere but I', I have, I've never done it before I never felt the need to um, but I don't know maybe that'll change yeah and so like what I'm watching I just just briefly go uh, through this uh I'm watching I totally like into the office. I fucking love that show. I've never watched it when it was originally on. I mean, I, I rarely occasionally I would watch an episode here there, but I have fallen in love with that show and I'm we are binge watching that. Um, so that's pretty much what I've been geeking out on recently. What about what about you?
0: All right. So what I've been geeking on is um let's see. So first I start with uh Uh, The Heavy, which I can't go too deeply into, but um, it's called The Three-Body Problem, and it's a book series by a Chinese dude whose name I can't pronounce, except for his last name, Liu. Um, It's actually by two guys. Um, The first one is a guy named Ken Liu, who does the translation um, of the first two books, and another guy does the translation of the second one. Anyway, it's the first time I've ever delved into Chinese sci fi novels, which I guess I never even thought of looking up. But uh, what brought this to my attention was that uh, Amazon is spending $1 billion on Lord of the Rings, right? That's going to be a big deal. They want the. Lord of the Rings is a huge deal. We all know about it. It's worth $1 billion. They want to make it their Game of Thrones, but better. And cool, that makes sense. And they're also Uh, spending $1 billion on three body problem. Oh. Aw, damn it. (laughs) Someone's at the door. Pizza's Um, here. Um, uh, hold on one second. Maybe we'll do some funny editing. Keep recording. I'll be right back. Alright, alright. Uh,
1: Oh. oh, oh. So, um, well, this is kind of awkward. Oh, uh, I've built a new computer desk. That's pretty cool. It's an, like an L-shaped uh, desk with, like, tempered glass. I put some RGB lighting around the edge of it. Uh, I can control with the remote, make it dance and look pretty cool. Um, got a cool desk lamp that looks like... Uh,
0: uh, all right, I'm back. Uh, Come and sit down. Oh, oh save me, Keith. Yeah, I'm get my headphones on because oh. I can't hear you. Oh, my God, save me, Keith. All right, dude.
1: I was just Let's... telling the listeners about my uh-huh. new computer desk and uh, how I tricked it out with cool RGB lighting around the edge and how I got this really neat desk lamp that uh-huh. has like an uh, an RGB light at the base that you can change colors, but also the neck and the head look an awfully like the neck and the head of the Alien Invaders from the 1950s War of the World movies.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. And you're right. It does. Oh, I- yeah. In building my Halcyon, have a little, mm-hmm. ran into a little bit of a problem mm-hmm. where I couldn't, I can't stop buying keyboards, <clears throat> <laughs> and I, I just got one in the mail for it, and like I don't know, it's like I like the design of a good keyboard, but anyway, um, so Amazon, uh, with all the money in the world and all the power in the world, says you know what else is worth one billion dollars? Three body problem, which no one's ever heard of. Mm-hmm. So that made me think that, oh my god, these ideas in this book must be pretty freaking amazing if they think it's worth spending that much money on. And it is. It's changed how I see things. Um, giving away what the book's about actually spoils like a lot of the amazing that you can experience from reading it. Um, let me see if there's anything I can say that doesn't give up uh, what the book's about. Um shoot i can't like so when i first started reading the book it goes into a lot of uh history of china where they went through something called the cultural revolution which in the book read like um the entire country turned into or a large portion of the country turned into warring neighborhoods it, it there's some horrible atrocities that happened and so you're reading the book and a lot of it is just normal stuff that happened in history to people well horrific things, so you're kind of wondering, so when does a sci-fi element happen? Oh, and how about there's a hint um, where some of the characters are playing a virtual reality game, and uh, they are on a planet, or they, and when you go into the game, you're part of history, and sometimes all the world will end. You look in the sky, maybe there's one star, maybe there's two, maybe there's none, but eventually the world will go up in flames or freeze to death. And then the beings on this um, in this world can dehydrate themselves and survive apocalypses, but they keep happening. And the three-body problem is trying to figure out why this is happening. And then all the ginormous uh, things that happen as a result, uh, to which I can't give away. I really apologize. Like, non-spoiler reviews like that are just annoying. But notice, think, just remember, keep in mind that, hey, um, do you want to know what Amazon thinks is worth $1 billion? Jeez. And the ideas in it that kind of change how you see everything in your thinking process, that's worth $1 billion. That's, a, a, I, for real, 1000000000 Mm-hmm. Oh, so they didn't spend it. They almost did. Like, there's, there like, this news release happened where they're like, um, Amazon, Amazon declares, yes, motherfuckers, we're willing to buy this thing for $1 billion. Let's do this. And things have fallen through. Uh, there, there was a movie in China that was going to be made that got canceled because it wasn't made good enough. A beautiful thing on YouTube is like there's a a, a guy, a a geek in China who is um, who took all all these movie clips for a whole bunch of different movies and spliced them together and talks over them. And if you've read the book, you know what's happening on the screen, Hmm. but you can't tell what he's saying because there's no subtitles. But you can tell what he's saying because you've read the book. You see the scene that's happening on the screen that matches the book and you can hear the guy's comedic timing and you know the parts to laugh at because you both get what's happening it's it's a, it's, a, it's an amazing experience i had it was fantastic and, and i actually had to turn off the video because it was starting to spoil where i was getting to in the book
1: mm-hmm.
0: and even though i can't tell totally what he's saying even though it, it's just yeah like the it was just a fun experience uh the other thing i'm geeking on the last thing i will be geeking on is um stargate Finally cracked open Stargate and figured out how to like that show. Did really? you know
1: Stargate? Uh, the movie, but that was it. I when I see like promos for the show, to me it just looked like, Yep. I mm, you know it's all dry. Yeah, it's, yeah, it looks dry. as hell, it, doesn't it? And not just because of all the sand, because it's like <laughs> it's it, everywhere. It's everywhere. It gets into your <laughs> folds of your fat and everything. Uh, anyways, but like
0: I mean, like, it, it, like, like the, the, the army fatigues and. I don't know. There's something always about Stargate that seemed seem low rent, but um, it was. There's a feeling that me and Max have gotten since Star Wars freaking imploded on itself for us. Um, we still want good sci fi like what we enjoyed with Star Wars or Star Trek. So for Max, he's been actually like rewatching um, the Next Generation, other Star Trek shows. He finished out Star Trek like the other series that he hasn't seen because like like after Last Jedi, I'm starved. Like I was like, oh my god, like I just want real space. Adventure, um, something with like depth and and detail, and then like Stargate. Farscape, 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 Stargate. I know, but I'm saying load up Farscape, exact Farscape. Oh, well, I already seen that. Oh, so I wanted something that I haven't seen before. Gotcha. Yeah, I wanted to explore a new world, and then like I, I know there's like a million Stargate episodes and series. And I was like, fine, fuck it. You know, like, this is the one world I really haven't really traveled around. And I did my Babylon 5. I did Farscape. So what I did was kind of like hate watch it. I hate watched it. And it was kind of fun to make fun of it because it is low rent Star Trek. Mm. Like some of the things that happen in there are kind of fun because you already know how to solve that problem in Star Trek. So if like, you know, you find yourself body swap with someone. Uh, I was like, ah, don't worry about it. By the end of the episode, you'll find yourself another device. It'll fix your problem. And it does happen. So you kind of go through the episode uh, knowing more than the characters and more than the writers, but it's fun seeing them try to work it out. And then eventually, things start to click. They start figuring out how to do more creative stories with their limited budget and, and concept. And then, like, little bits and pieces start stacking on each other. Like, they'll go on one episode, and they'll find... Like, you know, they'll duke it out with some Goa'uld, the bad guys. And, you know, you kill several of them. That means now you have several of their weapons. So now, like, in their armory, they kind of mismatch sometimes. They'll have a Goa'uld blaster, but they prefer machine guns. They still kill people. And it becomes a landscape of what it's like to be a kid when you play and you get extra toys and you add it to the world that you're playing in. Well, that's fun. That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's, it's like the core of why I like Power Rangers. Like, Power Rangers, you have to use your mind to make sense of the world you're seeing on screen. And they're also using, like, they're they're making stories out of toys that already exist. Yeah. So it's kind of like seeing, yeah, what you did with, when you pick, reach into your choice chest and you pull out your sword, your machine gun, and, like, a, uh, a chess... Uh, board and that's your keyboard or something like that in in stargate they keep doing that they get ships they get weapons they get new locations they get new coordinates that they can stargate to and the show keeps building and like i'm only in season four and like now i'm having fun and um i'm even thinking about talking to max about getting ourselves a uh ourselves some stargate uniforms and (laughs) painting some gold guns and going to uh ren fair because that's what stargating is like because uh, their concept is um, there's once Earth was once part of an intergalactic society, uh, but we were all slaves. Uh, a whole bunch of us got taken to a whole bunch of planets. A collapse happened, leaving all those uh, humans on a whole bunch of different planets, and they all evolve. Some of them are in like Roman society type things because that's what humans are eventually grow into. A lot of them are Renfair type societies. Some of them are more advanced than us. But yeah, you put on and like my friend Brent did it. You put on your Stargate uniform and equipment and you go to a Fair and take pictures with the natives. That is that's something I would never think of or expect at Renfair. <laughs> yeah, it happens though. I've seen the pictures and it's fun. Like so yeah, you, you start off hate watching it and it is just watch it for as bad as you think it is and kind of maybe enjoy that. And then keep watching and see like, oh my god, these people are learning, they're improving they're expanding they care about their world they care about world building so it's just like since star wars isn't doing it all right hey guess i just joined stargate that's cool yeah it's
1: been fun where do you recommend uh seeing this um you
0: watch it? on it's on hulu like i would love to recommend watching it on vrv which is why i first started watching it and vrv is amazing it's uh basically it's crunchy roll in a couple other streaming services so that you can have, like, lots of cartoons, anime, and weird strange indie geek TV shows, and they used to have Stargate. But Hulu. Hulu's where you can watch it. Cool. Alright.
1: Have you been geeking out on anything else?
0: Um, I'm gonna say that's it for now, other than get my computer in order. But yeah, that'll be it for our like, proto episode one. And so is are we going to wrap up now? Yes. All right. Hey, uh listeners, thank you for tuning in. HJU listeners, thank you HJU listeners, thank you so much. I am so sorry that I have been gone for several years. It's just it's been a journey, guys. Uh like the the site has changed. Uh, I'm trying to get going back in. I've changed, my tastes have changed. So, yeah, it, it's been good podcasting again, and I hope that you guys out there listening enjoyed. It's been a good time. But we got some ideas, and it's going to be a party again. So I, I hope to keep this going. All right. And uh, I,
1: uh, yes, thank you for listening. I haven't podcasted since 2006, so uh, I'm a little rusty. So I apologize <laughs> if uh, I didn't sound great or fashion my words or I kept on going hmm a lot when you you're talking. You sounded fantastic. Uh, thank you, thank you. So, uh, Alright, well thanks for listening and we'll see you next time when maybe we may uh, talk about the Shadows of An the Empire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, the next one will be us doing uh, a lot of Shadows of the Empire stuff to, to gear up for when we actually do the movie talks.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about the multimedia event uh, that took place in 1995 and uh 96 i think it was not ni- no i think cool. it was 96 it was 96
0: so yeah we'll talk about everything I, that I w- was tied
1: to it and the uh multimedia campaign for a movie that never existed
0: cool and you now around that is um getting back to what star wars used to mean to a lot of us and and how we used to enjoy it yeah, yeah i, I want to talk about the comic books and anyway we'll get there yes yes Cool. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everyone, and take it easy. We'll see you on the other side. I feel good, sometimes I don't ayy. I finesse down western road ayy. Might go down to G.O.D. Ayy. I go hard on south side G ayy. I make sure that north side E